see more innovation in packaging and processing at Pack Expo International than anywhere else in the world. It's the show that defines where the industry is headed, with the solutions that define where your business can go. Discover cutting-edge packaging technology, processing equipment, new materials, sustainable solutions, supply chain resources, and much, much more. You'll walk away with innovative solutions to challenges big and small. Register at PackExpoInternational.com. We interrupt our regular schedule of Unpacked with Pima My Podcasts, as these are anything but regular times. Hi, I'm Sean Riley. We are pleased to welcome David Parker, Vice President for Human Resources at Doravant, onto this edition of the pod. David was gracious enough to come on here and speak about some touchy issues that others in HR were not exactly clamoring to come on and discuss. We recognize that things like employee fears on their financial stability or health and safety issues are hot-button topics, but they are the elephant in the room when it comes to this COVID-19 situation. Often the answers differ based on state or in some cases federal guidance. Our only goal with this discussion was to offer some direction to fellow members of the industry on ways that companies like Doravant are finding success handling human resources issues. Welcome to the pod, David. Hi, Sean. It's good to be here. So let's jump right in with some questions. Right now, with the COVID-19 pandemic going on, employees are obviously scared, and a lot of them are looking to their companies to reassure them. What have you at Doravant done to make the staff that's still coming in every day as essential workers or even those that are working remotely feel safe and valued? Uh, Sure. Great question. Uh, We've really focused on three specific areas to make our employees feel safe at our facilities and at home. Uh, First and foremost, we've committed to frequent communication and keeping our employees informed. I think one of the best things we can do for our employees is to keep them informed and up to date on the steps we're taking and why we're taking them and help them decipher the load of information that's available out there now. Second, we're ensuring that we've implemented the appropriate safeguards and protocols at all of our facilities. And we're reviewing the CDC and World Health Organization and local health authority guidance on a regular basis to try to keep these safeguards and protocols up to date. And then finally, we've been providing our employees with greater flexibility to manage their individual circumstances. We've relaxed our attendance policies. We've uh, adjusted our shift schedules. We've even worked on individualized, flexible scheduling whenever we can accommodate it to allow employees to handle, you know, their needs. And finally, you know, we made a decision to advance our employees' PTO if they haven't earned it yet to allow them to make the right decision for themselves and their family in terms of taking care of their needs. So it sounds like you've been very proactive in putting them first, which again, unfortunately, is not something we've heard, you know, across the country. But in our industry, we seem to see that a lot, that the companies have been um, very, I guess, cognizant of making sure that the employees feel comfortable and that they can take off as needed versus, you know, having to make those tough decisions, you know, do I come to, to work when I'm sick and stuff like that. So that's great to to hear that a, a company of your size is doing something like that. You touched on a, a, a bunch of things, David, that, that Doravon is doing to keep their employees informed um, because things are changing all the time. You know, the CDC just recommended recently um, after saying all this time that maybe we didn't have to, that, you know, it's probably a good idea to to be wearing a mask most of the time. 
Um, could you just expand a little bit on how Doravon is other ways or other avenues that they're using to communicate with their employees? We actually have a mobile communications app that we deployed about a year ago to all of our employees. Uh, and it's just like many of your social media apps you find on your phone. We've used that to communicate with the manufacturing employees specifically on our plant floors who don't use email on a regular basis. And so their communication doesn't come through traditional means. And so during the course of this coronavirus crisis, that's been a very valuable tool for us to communicate with the the workers at our plants who still have to come in. We've sent both written communication through that medium. We're also able to send out video communications uh, through that medium as well. And and so we're doing some video recordings and video messages just to, to make sure that our employees have multiple methods in which to get the information that we're sharing with them. So it's great as a, a place they can go that has all the resources versus having to, you know, parse through a bunch of different things. I like that as an idea for other companies to keep in mind that that app that, like you said, for people that aren't checking email all the time or, or don't even have access to email, they have that app where you're actually pushing out the information that you want to get to them. That's that's a great idea. Yeah, and it's, it's a great tool because it's also our our company intranet site as well. So it performs a dual role and we're not keeping information on multiple mediums, but it's accessible via the desktop and also via mobile phone. Have you, as a, as with this, you know, as since we're talking about this CDC guidelines, have you, has Doravant done anything for, in terms of masks for the employees or anything like that, that be beyond the instructions on how to kind of make one on your own? We actually, um, through uh, a partnership with Warburg Pincus, we were able to secure a large supply of cloth masks um, that we're deploying out to all of our facilities so we can make that, that PPE available to our employees that have to come into the plants. Have you instituted any you know, protocols? I, I know some companies have, some haven't, depending on you know, where they are in the country or where they are in the world. Um, with things like temperature testing for employees before they they enter maybe sensitive areas of the plant floor um, or they're going to be around a bunch of other employees. Anything that, I don't want to say invasive, but anything that to that level or what are you guys doing? We've actually just started to roll out temperature screening at our facilities. Uh, We had originally started by encouraging employees to take their temperatures at home before they came into the facility or came to work. Um, but over time we determined that, you know, it was in the best interest of our employees who were asking to come into the facilities to make sure that we're providing, you know, as safe an environment as possible. So uh, last week we started to roll out temperature checking at our facilities here in the U.S. We're also pursuing it in certain facilities outside the U.S., but data privacy laws and some of the local regulations make it a little bit more challenging there. So we're continuing to encourage the employees in those locations to check their temperature before they come to work, along with making sure they're looking out for other signs and other symptoms of the virus. Right. Now, how have you, has that been received well? Have, have like said, let's say in the U.S., has, have employees been, you know, like against that because of that, you know, being intrusive, I guess, or have they been kind of, you know, on board? Yeah. I mean, so far we've actually had uh, good feedback from the process. Good. Um, I think employees feel like we're really looking out for their well-being. You know, certainly we've had, you know, some individual pockets where, where we've had some people concerned, but we've been able to talk through the process and make sure we educate people on why we're doing it. And um, so far, so good from that perspective. 
Yeah, and then you you started early by saying communications um, has been a big deal, and I think that that's really key with some, especially something like this. And with you guys, a, a lot of people look to their employers as kind of for guidance in these type of big big world situations. So I could understand that you know if they had some questions coming back to you and you guys being able to clear it up for them. So that's good. Um, I don't know if it's something you could speak to. Or, but have you had any instances where employees or maybe family members have tested positive? Um, and if not, is there a plan for kind of what is going to be an inevitability? Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, you know, we have had one confirmed case of COVID-19 in one of our smaller facilities in the UK. Uh, you know, your, your word inevitability was kind of apropos. I mean, we certainly didn't, you know, figured that was inevitable given the rapid increase in cases and the spread of the virus. However, we, we did have a, a, uh, a facility response procedure and plan developed and deployed in advance of that case surfacing. So we were able to respond pretty quickly to the situation. You know, there, look, there's no fortunate in somebody testing positive, but fortunately it was a smaller facility and we had a, a small number of employees who were exposed and impacted that we were able to you know, isolate and follow our facility, close down and clean up procedures to get the facility back up and running you know, after a, an appropriate period of time. Now, be- because of the, the global nature of Doravant, was this something that as this uh, situation sort of escalated around the world, you guys were able to come up on, you know, see it happening in, in your different spots around the world and kind of ramp up to be prepared as you were? Or I'm just curious if you could kind of walk me through how that happened. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I mean, we, we've, we've kind of seen the, uh, the spread of the virus moving from, you know, Asia through Europe to, to the U.S. and we have facilities throughout Europe, and we were able to, to determine that you know it was going to be more than likely that we would have a case. And so, as the number of cases started to increase in Europe, you know, we started putting these procedures in place. Interesting. Okay. How about you know just cleaning in general? For example, we've had you know some companies that that shut down for a shift every couple of days, or every other day, or even you know a shift every day, and just disinfecting and sanitizing the whole plants. Um, other ones just maintain you know, cleaning it throughout the day. And in kind of all those cases, they've received great feedback from employees who really felt that, you know, the company cares about their health because, you know, look, they're shutting down the plant for a couple hours to clean to make sure, you know, we're, you know, safe. Yeah, we're doing a very similar thing. I mean, we're we're actually um, scheduling uh, regular cleaning between shifts. We're scheduling more intensive deep cleaning periodically at the facilities, either over the weekend or overnight. We're also bringing in some of the cleaning crew during the day while our shifts are running. So we have someone on site to clean the high use areas more frequently. So they're going and cleaning the restrooms and the break areas and the high touch areas throughout the day as those parts of the building get used more frequently. Um, So cleaning has been a big big part of the strategy for keeping the facility safe for us. Interesting. How many, I, I probably should ask this earlier and I didn't like what percentage are still coming into the plants versus, I don't know if a percent, if you can give me a percentage, but are, are more working remotely that can, um, I'm just curious how many people are still coming into the plants. Yeah, great question. We actually are tracking uh, on a daily basis, you know, the employees who are working from home, those who are coming into the plants, those who we may have isolated or quarantined. Um, so right now we have about one third of our our total workforce that's working from home. Okay. 
So we still have about two thirds that have jobs that require them to come into the plants to do their work. Which is, which sounds like a pretty, you know, high number. That's interesting. Um, you, you mentioned this earlier, but you know, just as a, to kind of revisit it that, you know, again, some of the businesses that are still open, you, you're saying you have two thirds that are still coming into the plants and stuff like that. Uh, I guess maybe Doravant could give some insight into this for other people. Cause again, you have explained earlier what, what you guys are doing, but you know, a lot of them are, of companies are allowing concerned employees to sort of self quarantine, um, use their paid PTO on their sick leave. Others are not, you know, depending on the company. And you've kind of said how you guys have handled it. What was the basis that you guys had for sort of deciding the tack that you took, making sure that, you know, we're going to give this PTO, we're going to make sure that everybody feels like they're, you know, vested in the company like that. Or I'm just curious if you could kind of take me through that, um, if that came from the top down or just as it came from each, you know, plan. Yeah, sure. That, um, no, I think it's a little bit of combination of, you know, several of the things you mentioned. I mean, you know, we felt a strong obligation to our employees, you know, one to protect their health and safety, but also to try to figure out, you know, the best way to be able to support them during these challenging times. And and some of that requires financial support. And so, you know, while we have to be responsible to the company, you know, we have an obligation to try to figure out how to help our employees as well. And so our our leadership team talked about a number of options and, and ultimately there wasn't a lot of hesitation in in terms of advancing the hours of PTO to our employees to give them this extra cushion to make them feel comfortable, you know, making the decisions that that they need to make. You know, of course it's not an unlimited supply of PTO and and so some people may need more. We've actually had a few cases where we've had employees who've said, hey, you know, I'm not comfortable coming to work. I realize I don't have any PTO to use, but I still want to stay at home and take this time unpaid. And we tried to work with them and, you know, allow that to make sure that they feel comfortable. And, and with the most recent government stimulus programs, you know, when we do run into a situation like that, we've been trying to educate them and connect them with their state employment agencies to take advantage of some of the financial benefits that are now available, you know, if people are on furlough or things like that. So those are some of the things that, you know, we looked at and try to try and figure out how can we help our employees soften the cushion or soften the blow when they do have to take time away from that, that's that's fantastic. Is there is there um, any you know inquiries or move towards you know this is kind of a touchy thing too, but like with hazard pay for work or anything like that, depending on the things that people are working on, because that's just a thing that we've heard come up, and I'm just trying to gauge people's responses and companies' responses on that. Yeah, sure. We you know we've had some discussion on the topic, but we haven't moved in that direction at this time. Uh, I think we'll continue to monitor what's going on. You know, at the end of the day, we're going to take a look back. At, you know. At, at what our employees are doing and we're going to do the right thing for our employees, you know, but we want, we also want to make sure that, you know, we're trying to balance the end. Do we provide an incentive to have them come into work while we also want them to feel really comfortable making the right decision to stay home when they need to for everyone's health and safety. So we're trying to balance those things and we'll continue to kind of monitor this particular topic. Right. And it, yeah, and it's, it's obviously a very difficult one to approach and or, you know, even talk about here. Um, I, I, I know you guys are, are, pretty large organization, you know, Doravant's pretty big. Um, so these, some of the Family Medical Leave Act and the paid sick policies might not necessarily apply to you guys, because even with the changes, um, you're probably probably below your your scale. But um, with so many 
other companies unsure of how to handle it or how to implement these type of changes? Any insights that you could give on how they can tackle it or how you guys would be tackling it um, so far or going forward? Yeah, I mean, as you said, as a, as a larger employer, there are elements of the Families First Act that didn't apply to us as it related to emergencies, uh, FMLA and paid sick leave. However, you know, kind of repeating a theme relative to the PTO, you know, we actually were out ahead of the act being finalized to try to offer advanced PTO to our employees because we knew we were going to be in a position where, you know, we were going to need people to be able to spend time away from work, whether it was for their own health situation or family members. So we started looking at you know, how we can manage within the confines of our programs and maybe tweak our existing programs to help us navigate through this crisis, you know, given the fact that that some of those financial benefits from the Families First Act didn't apply to us. You know, now we're doing the same thing with the CARES Act as well, you know, and, and, and looking at how do we educate our employees on some of the relief and the support that's available. If somebody does need to take, you know, FMLA, even though we are not covered by the paid FMLA, there may be an opportunity for us to help coach them through how they can take advantage of unemployment programs. And so, you know, we're thinking about, you know, how we can take advantage of the programs that are there that do apply to us. And that's primarily where our focus has been. That's, I mean, that hits everything that I really wanted to pick your brain about because you've already given us, um, you know, plenty of time out of what is obviously a very busy time for someone that's in human resources right now with everything that's going around. Um, I just, I, I, do want to thank you and say how it is very refreshing to hear a, a company like Doravant, um, you know, putting their employees first and, and reiterating that you guys are going to do whatever you can to make sure that your, um, you know, their safety and their their financial well being and stuff like that is taken care of. So that is very refreshing to hear. Um, so again, I just want to thank you, David, for taking time out of your day to uh, to help us out with this. Well, thanks, Sean. And, and, and I'd like to thank you for inviting me to participate. And I really like to thank PMMI for all the effort and the resources that the organization is putting behind, you know, keeping its membership informed. PMMI has been a great resource to have, you know, through this crisis. So thanks again to you as well. Awesome. Well, we appreciate it. And we're glad that, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's helping you guys as well.